Live in the basement, it's your man, Matt the Mogul. And today I'm joined by my special guest, entrepreneur and mentor, my brother, Kwame Brown. What's, what's going up, on, what's man? Up? How y'all feeling? How everybody doing out there? Good, good, man. Um, now, most people know throughout history, uh, there's always a select few people um, in each generation who help move the culture forward. Uh, we've seen the impact that the Huey Newtons, the Tupac Shakurs, um, and the Nipsey Hustles of the world have had on our people and our culture. And I feel like your name should be and will be mentioned among theirs one day when this is all said and done. Um, <laughs> you positioned yourself as a purveyor of all things black. And being that it's Black History Month, I felt like it was only right to have you on. So I appreciate you coming through today, man. Those are very, very, very tall words. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Um, Ashe, um, shout out to all the ancestors for sure. It's definitely Black History Month. So first and foremost, yep. um, that's always most important. And it's always about um, paying homage and understanding uh, everything that our ancestors did so that we can have this platform and that we can do the things that we do today. Facts, facts. Now, over the years, we've seen you invest yourself into the advancement of Black people mentally, spiritually, financially. Um, but what things happen either directly or indirectly to you uh, to motivate you to want to put the culture on your back and help usher it forward? Uh, like a situation or a certain event that maybe triggered you to go down this route? That's a good question. I don't know if there was a certain situation. Uh, I think just like most things, there's certain situations that lead up to it. And so for right. me... Once you get to a particular space, um, as far as information or as far as education, once you start to see everything that we've been, that we're being held back from and things mm. that we have been held back from, once you really start to understand it and you understand there's ways around it, then for me, I always felt like I owed it to give it back. Like if someone blessed me with this intellectual talent that I have, Right. Then I owe it to give it back. So, for example, if I have it, and let's say that my brother doesn't, like my literal blood brother, but then I right. should give it back to them. Or whether it's not a brother or a cousin or whether it's you or me or whatever. I just feel like for those of us who have certain talents and we all have talents and gifts and certain things. We got to share that, right? A hundred percent. And so yeah. it, it, it all goes back to the old saying that it takes a village. And so some of us know that you know, in some ancient um, times and even in some modern day times in Africa, it's kind of like the village puts it together to where they pick this one child, um, they put the funds up and they send them to school. Yeah. But the deal is, once you get the education, you have to come back to the you village. Gotta bring it back. Yep. Yep. So I'm like, okay, if I'm if I was chosen like that, whether it was granted to me. Uh, as, as far as people gave it to me or whether I just ordained it myself it doesn't matter I just have to give it back so it was nothing in particular that happened it's just I see everything I observe it and I'm like okay there's no way that I should be getting this and if I can help you get it then you got to get it too and you can help me get something too so we all need to just help each other it's the only way for us to really get to where we need to be yeah that's like yeah investing in one another you know and what I mean that's all it is that's all um, it is so, I mean, like growing up, did you have anyone around you that kind of like instilled these things, these values into you? Uh, my mother is actually right next to me. Um, oh, what's up, mom? <laughs> hello, hello. Uh, I good? don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I don't know where it came from, to be completely honest with you. I, again, That's I think deep. it just came from being open 
and seeing what's going on and really uh, analyzing situations even at a very young age. That's deep, man. I like that. Um, now, we talk about uh, investing in the Black community. Mm-hmm. And recently, you hopped on Facebook Live and began talking about the basics to investing and helping mm-hmm. people understand how to get started investing yep. in the stock and crypto market. Cool. Um, and while I was tuning in, I mean, you, you dropped many gems, but one in particular, you said, and I wish I had the um, Funk Master Flex bomb drop, <laughs> for it, but it, it was something along the lines of, um, as Black people, we owe it to ourselves to not only understand, but also to get a piece of the pie yeah. when it comes to investing in the stock market, because at one point in time, we were the stock. That is that correct. Was so, man, that was so, that was like... Um, Michael B. Jordan on the Black Panthers, like, <laughs> like that line, like, bury me with my ancestors. Like, yeah, that was, it, a, that was a dope line. Um, explain the importance of, you know, people learning about how the market works in regards to what's been happening in the stock and crypto markets lately. So, yeah, the line uh, was given to me by my by my mentor. Um, shout out Mark Monroe. Uh, shout out to all the come up cousins. So, yeah, the, the line was given to me by them. And for those who are unaware, yes, the first commodity or the first exchange on the stock market was was us was our ancestors mm. were slaves we were the wow. first things that were traded wow. so i feel as if and we feel as if we've already paid the price so now it's on us the descendants to get our reparations out of the market because our yep. ancestors have already paid the price man that's crazy man like just to think about that you know what i mean it, it, it really, really is. And, and so we always talk about reparations and it, and it is indeed owed to us, but we understand the system. It's not going to be given to us, right. but we need to go take it because the, the, the blood has already been shed for us. And not just in the market, the blood has been shed for us in a whole lot of things. But to your question, I, I want the listeners to understand that investing in the stock market in general, especially as far as long-term investing, isn't that much of a difficult thing mm-hmm. um if you if you understand a popular company if you understand a company i always use the example of apple because most of us are on iphones and we have right. ipads and we have uh apple watches and we have airpods and we have right iMac yeah. and it just go <laughs> on and on and on and so you know we've invested thousands of dollars in apple all of us we've invested thousands of dollars in apple but none of us no one has ever taught us hey instead of not instead of or maybe in addition to buying that new iphone or in addition to buying the airpods hey take a hundred dollars and put it in the stock right come back next year and see if you at 25 percent. so for for me it was just i i saw how much wealth was being transferred in the stock market and i saw how many entities were involved in the stock market via our 401k via insurance companies via all of these things and i said well man if they can understand it then we can understand it and i know that we can understand it because we're the greatest achievers and we're the greatest as far as education we're the ones who set the foundation for education and taught everybody else so i know that we can learn it it's just that we've been locked in box so if i have a little bit of the information again it's just about giving it back yeah it's, it's funny you say that because um one of the things that you actually first made me aware of, and this was a couple years ago, I never told you this, but it was the uh, the Hidden Colors documentary man. series. Um, watching that, it changed my life, man. And life changing. It's fun, yeah, and it's funny because this was actually like some of the topics 
they mentioned in the movie um yes, everything sir. with the slave trade yes sir and i think you know it resonated with me so well mm -hmm. because a part of that history actually came through Richmond, Virginia. 100%. Yes, sir. That's where I was at, of course, at VCU. And it just, it made me appreciate being there more. Now, I know VCU is not an HBCU, but it's so diverse. And being that it's in the inner city, it sometimes felt like I was at VCU. Yes, that's true. You actually attended one of Virginia State University, right? That is 100% fact. Shout out to VSU. <laughs> what impact um, did going to an HBCU have on you? So I think it had a, a great, great, great impact um, on me as far as really learning and really understanding how diverse we are. So, mm. for example, you might grow up in a city and you might have right. grown up in that city your entire life. So let's say you grew up in Richmond. You right. might not fully understand how different black people are hell just in the 757 or right. or in dc or in new york or all the way on the west coast so once in at an hbcu you got black people from all over the country coming together and i got to really really learn and see how diverse we are and see how right. similar we are but how different we are but the main thing that it really helped me as far as understanding my network and how strong I know we can be. Cause right now, if I need something in the in the accounting field, I have plenty of friends who can do that. If I need right. something in the law field, I got plenty of friends I can hit for that. If I need someone in any field, because I went to an HBCU and we had thousands of uh, people who majored in different things. Now my network is very, very, very strong. And it's yep. very African centered because that's how most HBCUs are. So right. as far as the education that I gained in the actual classroom, nah, not, not, not much, nothing. But as far as the life values and in, in, in the, um, in the relationships I was able to gain, couldn't put a price on it. Wow. Wow. That's deep, man. Cause you got some people asking like, is it even worth, you know what I mean? Go like, is college even worth it now with the price that it is at now? Yes, sir. And I mean, I, I think college for me, it allowed me to not only find myself, but you're right. Like Man. the networks that you gain is crazy. Crucial. Crazy. It's crucial. Especially if you use it the right way. Exactly. What would you say the, uh, I guess the craziest thing that happened to you while you were there that made you say like, damn, like only at an HBCU would this happen? Cause you know, sometimes with our people, we can get a little crazy and stuff like, <laughs> and fun as well. But what was like the craziest experience you had? Uh, I don't have any crazy stories at the Virginia the illustrious Virginia State University <laughs> okay okay <laughs> everything was 100% and um uh, I would um employ any listeners who are looking at going to school yeah definitely um if you think college is for you I definitely agree college is not for everyone I do not right. preach the college thing it is for a certain amount of people or a certain type of person if it is for you um yes I would definitely definitely say look at them um for sure because they have a, a lot of wealth and a lot of knowledge um that needs to be passed down to us so you know if it was up to me of course it would be a requirement for all black people who are going to college to go to hbcu right and if it right. were up to me we would all have the proper funding that we would have and which is another reason why i go so hard on the financial tip because i know that a lot of hbcus are failing and i want to be able to do um something about that respect man i respect that 
Um, and I mean, speaking about schools, you know, you have a lot of kids who are getting out of high school and on their way to college, not knowing what they even want to study. Yes, sir. Um, what would you recommend kids either learn or self-teach themselves prior to going off to college? Well, this is an excellent question. Um, I actually do uh, speak at different high schools in Richmond and Petersburg, um, and I devil on this subject all the time. This is what oh, I wow. say to everyone. You have to first understand that God gave you a gift and God gave you a skill and a talent. Okay, mm -hmm. you have to start to understand what your natural God-given gift is. You're better at some things than other people, period. It might be numbers. You might be able to put numbers together quicker than the person next to you. You right. might be able to put pictures and, and video and audio things together uh, quicker than the person next to you. Find out what your God-given gift is. You might be able to sing better. You might be able to dance better. Those are God-given gifts. You have to find out what it is. Once you find out what it is, then usually this is going to be a passion because things that come to us easy are usually passions of ours. So if right. you can find a major or a business or a job in that field, it's going to be something that you enjoy more because it comes easier to you. So that's yep. first and foremost. We have to start understanding what our uh, talents are and what our gifts are. That's one thing that I want to say. And then also... Don't feel like you have to go if you don't, if if college isn't for you, if you're not the studious type, if you know that you're not going to study for that four or that eight hours, if you know you're not going to do it, please don't go that route. There's <laughs> right. plenty of routes that you can go um, to find yourself. It does not have to be that route. It is certainly for a certain amount of, a certain type of people. Don't waste your money or your parents' money or something yep. that's not going to be worth it but we have and this isn't just for uh kids because i've learned that when i'm in these schools and i'm teaching i see that the teachers are nodding their heads more than the students so this is for adults as well we have yeah, to understand right. our gifts and what our talents are and i'm sure i actually want you to speak to that a little bit as well because i see that in this you found one of your passions yeah. in this yeah um man it's, it's so crazy because actually while i was in college um I went through first, I was in engineering, electrical engineering. Yes, sir. And um, I did that. I was I was okay at that, but I didn't really feel like that was where my passion Facts. you know lied at. Mm -hmm. And so I changed my major a couple of times. Yep. And um, I mean, while I was still in college and working, I was uh was actually working at VCU for the security, VCU security. So uh, I would go to school in the day and at night. Um I would work overnight and so i was just thinking like on those nights i would be working like man i, I need to, i want to do something i want to know what my passion is mm -hmm. and so um this was actually something this this podcast the idea for the brand really started back then yep. 20 2011 2010 i think yes, and i had um i had the idea so with the base brand you know believe adapt evolve conquer i had the two middle letters um adapt and evolve because i felt like you know when you're working on a midnight shift that's another animal Man. like your, your body does is not supposed to stay up like, like the, the human body doesn't is not supposed to do that not so you know so i knew that in order to like get through these shifts when i was dead tired i had to adapt and evolve um over time when it came to me trying to find my passion i added on the b believe and the c conquer 
And I felt like those four letters were like the pillars to for success, yes. you know, whatever you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I actually found um, by being on the campus, I saw a lot of people um, with, uh, with uh, what do you call them, with um, talents, with skills, but they had trades that they learned too. Maybe mm -hmm. some people were photographers, yep. some people, um, I was actually talking with um, uh, Ronnie Boyd, uh, Ron Cutts out here, a master barber out here in Richmond. Mm -hmm. um, and he was saying like, he's trying to get more um, men and women into the beauty field to learn the trade of doing hair, cutting hair. Mm -hmm. Because I had someone um, in, in my dorm was making a killing. He was the only one on campus cutting hair, going to everybody's dorms cutting hair. Mm -hmm. So I would say like, along with finding your passion and your skills and talents, figure out a trade. What do you love doing? Incorporate that into it as well. And I think, you know what I mean? That that would definitely uh, see you off well. 100%. Um, now, of course, due to the pandemic, uh, travel was restricted to a lot of places outside the country. Yep. But back when we could travel freely, man, you were someone who took full advantage of it. Um, Talk about the experience you had when you uh, flew out to uh, Africa and went to Egypt for the first time. Okay, so I think, uh, so yes, I'm a, I'm an avid traveler. That would be the one thing that I, I really, really enjoy. Uh, to date, I've been to about 30 countries. God, uh, and I believe. believe I've been to like eight or nine African countries. I, I don't know the exact number, but Egypt was the first place that I've been. Uh, my first love was history. Mm. Um, and I can remember watching little Egyptian documentaries when I was as far as honestly that I can remember. And so I've right. always had a love for learning history. And as I became more conscious, of course, that shifted to more African history, black history. So, of course, Egypt is ma the main pinnacle because they're the foundation that literally wrote everything down that we can mm. still see today. Yep. And yep. so not to go too deep or go too far into it, but going on that trip to Egypt. Nah, please, please go go as far as you want. I'm telling you, we'd be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> but but going on that trip to Egypt, we, we have to understand, of course, we know that the Great Pyramids are there. OK, right. but there are an infinite amount of things that are still there. You can still go into other pyramids. You can still go into other museums and you can still see writing and you can still see drawings on the tombs 5,000 mm -hmm. years old that look like yep. they were drawn literally 10 days ago that's mind-blowing wow so wow. their 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 intellect was so high and when you go there you really 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 get to see how in-depth they thought and how revered why they were so revered I should say so I, that right. was the first trip to Africa I went on. I was there for two weeks. Um, it's the only trip that I've ever been on where I went with the actual tour group. Uh, shout out to uh, Dr. Kwesi, who is one of the leaders as far as taking us back there. He's been doing trips back and forth for 33 years, nonstop, maybe even longer. Wow. Um, he's the one who doctor who he, he learned from dr ben for those of you who who are familiar with dr ben um so i went with them we went with about 92 people i think it was and we was there for two weeks and we went up and down egypt egypt is a very very big country so we went from the top to the bottom sudan we, we went all the way around really really seeing how in depth our ancestors were so that's what's laid the foundation even harder because you can learn 
and you can read you can read about something all day i implore us to do that but once you're physically there seeing it then now no one can ever tell me about how great or how no one can ever downplay us as african people to me because i've seen it with my own two eyes i've got videos i got the pictures and i have a true understanding so for me it was absolutely life-changing again if it was up to me all of us so so in the um in the islamic world they have a pilgrimage to mecca uh for those of you who don't understand what that is um that basically is like a rice of passion they go there um as a pilgrimage so if it was up to me all african people would have a pilgrimage to egypt so that they could really see and really feel how deep uh, and how great their ancestors were yeah man definitely i mean you were talking of like you you were on facebook live showing us showing this. It. like bro showing like that shout out to you because i mean that was i mean just seeing like the hieroglyphics like what did you what did you learn from that i think you were saying like at some point in time certain hieroglyphics like actually related to like math oh, yeah. and, and different things like yeah so uh i got a bunch of posts but i believe the one that you're talking about with the app now just keep in mind everyone who doesn't know and just a reminder for those who do know we are the teachers and the beginners of mathematics we are the ones who taught the greeks we are the ones who taught the romans this is a fact but when you go to certain temples um in saccata or in memphis which memphis as you can see we have memphis here this was another name that was stolen (laughs) from our ancestors but when you go to memphis um uh, I think it's the I can't remember which temple it is, um, but yes, there's mathematical tables just like we have a mathematical table today, or or the Pythagorean theorem, or just those things. We, there's these tables there that actually show mathematical uh, graphs. So it'd be like you know one plus one equals five, but it's more in depth than that. It's like twenty plus twenty, and then it's multiplication, and it's just a graph that I was just showing where it literally just shows you a mathematical table that we would see today. But I'm showing it to you in a tomb that was literally 4,200 years old. Crazy, man. Like, and I mean, that that does just wonders for us because, like, if we can't travel out there, the only way we're really seeing it is going to Google Earth <laughs> and searching, That's you know, fact. Egypt <laughs> and going out there and kind of just seeing, like, a snapshot. Right. But you allowed us to see more than that. Did you ever get a chance to see if the uh, the Sphinx, their noses were, were broken off? Yeah, it's definitely. Mm-hmm yeah it's still still broken mm-hmm. off yeah wow yep it's actually the wow. main picture on my phone when i turn my phone on i still have a close wow and, and, and not again not to keep this going too long but when you get right, there right. you see the hatred that they had for african people at a very young age because all the temples that you go through everything that you go through you will see so many figures of us with the nose chipped off and so all of the invaders that were coming in now you got to remember people have been invading egypt for over two thousand years i'll say it again people were invading egypt for over two thousand years so as the persians came in as the road uh as the persians came in the romans came in as the greeks came in they hated they had a disdain for us so they made sure they were always chiseling the noses out so you can see statue and statue and statue oh that's crazy with the penis chiseled out and with wow. the nose chiseled out. Wow, I didn't know that part. Wow. Wow. So my main thing when I went, and, and and as you can see, when I go on my trips, it's about showing us 
what's really there because we hear right. these things but i want you to know oh i know kwame i went to school with kwame this person whatever your connection is with me and he's there and he's showing it to me through his phone so that's just further confirmation somebody i know went and this is what they show so then it's like once i put the pictures up and i show the video people like you like nah i i seen it my guy went there and he showed it to me right. so it's just about having that right. further confirmation because that's really what it's about once you have confirmation about things you're able to go much harder on it facts yeah i appreciate you for that um one of the things uh that i did appreciate as well with you going out there i saw that you uh you were like teaching at a school out yeah, there. yeah 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 we do that we do that so this was uh I believe I, I do this in, in pretty much everywhere I go. I think the one that you're referring to is probably the most recent one, which was uh, literally last year at this time. I was in Kenya. Um, right. I believe that's the one, or it might have been one where I was in West Africa, Cote d'Ivoire, or as we would say in English, the Ivory Coast. Um, right, right. Yes. Um, so I'll, I'll give a quick snippet. So, yeah, when I go to the countries, I do like to speak to them. Um, I, again, I do motivational speaking while I'm here in the States, but I also want to speak to them because the real thing about Africa and America is that we were disconnected. It's, it's literally like your long lost brother or your long lost cousin or whatever. You don't know them, but they're still you. They're still your family, but you don't know that. So we, and here in America, we have to be pretty, pretty honest with us, with ourselves. We don't really know the Africans, modern day Africans that are there. And the images that we receive via direct social programming are negative images because they want you to think right. negative about your mother they want you to think negative about where you're from when i say mother i mean africa they want you to think negative about that because if you think negative about it you won't try to make the connection right so since we don't know much about them and they really don't know too much about us they might see certain things in the media but of course everybody's not lebron james everybody's not the media people that they see on tv so i try to make it that we just have conversation and this is the same thing on a racial level um, that was noticed as well. Like when you have conversations with people, you start to realize how many things you have in common and that you might not really dislike people the way you thought you did uh, once you right. have the conversation. So when I'm in there, I might be teaching about a certain thing they might want me to teach about. But at the end of the day, I'm always saying, OK, now let's have a conversation. Brother to brother, cousin to cousin. Let's have a conversation now. Um, and so one of the things that they asked me uh, when I was there last year or, or about a year and a half ago, one of the brothers raised his hand. I was at a college uh, and these t these kids uh, were getting their degrees to teach English. I, and again, I was okay. in a college, so they all spoke English. This is a French speaking country, though, but they spoke English because they were going to teach. Um, and they said, uh, Kwame, is it safe? I said, what? What is what safe? They said, is it safe there in the United States? They said they see uh, CNN, they see the videos about all the police killings and the police shootings. They said, is it right. safe for us to come there? Right. They were scared to come to us. Mm. That's powerful. And that's just like, we, we see them and we're like, we ain't trying yeah, to have flies flying exactly. around us and stuff like that. that. exactly yeah. my point. So right. They scared to come to us. But in reality, of course, it's pretty safe here. I mean, police violence is a thing. Uh, violence is a thing, period. But for the most part, yes, it's safe. And it's the same thing about there. People always ask right. me, Kwame, is it safe? I tell people all the time, I have never felt safer in the African countries that I visit 
ever. I feel much safer there than I do here. So they wondering if it's safe here. We wondering if it's safe there. But if we just have a conversation, <laughs> it smooths all that out nice and easy. Facts. Facts. And then one one other thing I noticed is that when you went out there, you mentioned that you didn't even get any vaccines. No, 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 no. no. And that, that kind of dispels like the, the rumor. I got to get all these shots yes. and this and that. It's a complete, um, it's you- a complete, complete lie. Again, I've been to nine African countries. I've been to 30 countries. I've only ever, ever, ever got one shot ever. So now they will, if you go to the doctor and say, hey, I'm going to, you know, Kenya, they will recommend. Right. But you don't have to take them. That's, 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 that's up to you. That's up to you. So no, I've never, I, I, don't, I don't take them. Um, and I've been perfectly fine to this point. <laughs> right. Now, do you blame some black people for not wanting to get the COVID vaccine due to their knowledge of the Tuskegee experiment? Absolutely not. I would, I would, I would more question anyone who would readily get it without questioning those things. We could go back and <laughs> back and back. Um, I would, I would implore anyone to read a book called Medical Apartheid, especially Black women, and it's just a book that talks about all of the things we we know about the Tuskegee experiment. So that's the one that we talk about. But there's been right. hundreds, and thousands oh, wow. of Tuskegee wow. experiments um, that have been done to us historically. So we've always had a fear of going to the hospital. If you ask your grand, I mean, this is just I'm from the south, so we don't like going to the hospital. Period. Yeah. Okay, right. that comes from all the things that they've been doing to us. That comes from them not acknowledging wow. us. That comes from black women like Serena Williams who almost died because they weren't trying right. to listen to her. This, this happens all the time. So no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame anyone for that. No, I, I would blame the one who who doesn't question it. You should question everything that comes from these people. And what was that book again? Uh, Medical apartheid. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. It's, it's crazy. Um, man, yeah, that's that's a whole other topic oh, we could probably go on about. <laughs> but uh, so I was actually talking to a lady the other day. Um, you may have heard of her, Markeisha Harris Minor. Um, she's actually the founder of a black business directory app called the Blocal Search. Um, and she actually agreed that black online businesses are kind of like a new virtual Black Wall Street. Um, I know you've talked about Black Wall Street before. And now people are beginning to learn more and more about it. It's kind of becoming like a new trending topic. Absolutely. I think I think they're making a movie about it yep, soon. They are. Um, um, how dope would it be if this summer we put together a Black Wall Street field trip, like the North Carolina version? That would be super dope. Not only super dope, super necessary. Like you know what we I have mean? to start. Like once once COVID calms down That's a little it. bit, I feel like with our background promoting you, you know That's what I mean? Right. Like we. we we need that for the culture. Yep. No, it, it's so important because it's about the people that you will impact. Like, you know, we might take a little a, a little 10 year, 15 year or 15 year old boy with us and we might literally change, change the whole life. narrative. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, we need to we need to uh, get that in the works, man. I think talk. we need Let's that. Um, and speaking of black businesses, most people don't know you actually have a catering business of your own. Yeah. Talk about what makes your catering business special. So it's a vegan catering business. So that would be the first thing that makes it special. Yes, sir. <laughs> so it's called Vegan Avenue. And so, of course, right now there's more of a transition to healthier eating. Uh, but I right. believe the beginning of that transition is a little bit hard for people <laughs> because they think that they're limited to uh 
carrots, celery, right. and those type of things. <laughs> yeah. So there's a difference between black vegans and white vegans. Okay. Let's just mm-hmm. cut it. Let's okay. just it. Let's just say okay. it how it is. And the right. reason that I say that is the way that we cook foods and the way that we are chemists. And when I say chemists, I mean in the kitchen. Think about it. Cooking is a science. A dab yes, of this, a dab of that, pinch of this, pinch of that. No, not too much of this. That's a science. So we have always right. been scientists in the kitchen. That's why during slavery, who did they want in the kitchen? They wanted the people in the kitchen who knew what they was doing. Yep. They didn't want that bland yep. food. Okay. They took that bland <laughs> food and they brought it to veganism. Get that out of here. That's not what we need. We know what we're doing right. in the kitchen. So one thing that makes us different is because we're black and we're vegan and we know what to do with vegan food. And I wish, I, and I'll send you some of uh, the stuff that we cook and things that we do okay. uh, once we get off. But uh, please feel free to follow us on Instagram at uh, Vegan Avenue LLC, Vegan Avenue, and you'll see what makes us different. Um, and of course, when we pull up to Richmond, you know, everybody can see it. Yes, but sir. yeah, I mean, it's just that we're different. We're we're innately different, and we have to start celebrating that. We have to stop holding that back. Like, okay, one thing I want us to touch on. This whole thing called Ebonics. Okay. Mm. What I learned when I started traveling was that I first place I went, one of the first places I went to was Haiti. So in Haiti, right. uh, they speak French, but they also speak Creole. Right. And so when you go to Jamaica, they speak Patois, which was which is a broken mm-hmm. English. And what I started learning was that all these countries that I go to, they speak whatever colonized language was given. But there's also a broken right. part of it. In this country, we call it slang. White people call it ebonics. But this is something that yeah. we should be celebrating because it's cold switching. So if I say, yo, Matt, that joint is hot. <laughs> right. You know that what I mean. I'm not saying that it's literally hot. I'm saying that right. it's popping. It's, it's on fire, not literally on fire. So we have an ability in a way with words that we should be celebrating, not trying to dumb right. it down and know can't speak like this you have to speak like white people you don't have to speak <laughs> like them we have to understand that things are changing we're in control and we're putting ourselves in control to have our own narratives so i have locks okay in the corporate america that's frowned upon okay but i have my own yep. business i'm gonna wear my locks however i want to wear my locks i'm gonna wear my hair however exactly. i want to wear my hair why because it's my hair and i'm celebrating who i am so we have to get back to celebrating ourselves unapologetically and if they don't like it fuck them yeah, facts. Nah, I like that. Exactly. Um, I mean, we talked about, you know, you being in control, having your own business and, you know, doing things like you want to. Um, you also own an Avis budget car That's rental also business. also correct. How does one go about buying a car rental company? So for, and what's the process like? So for like? this company, it's not something that you necessarily have to buy in like most franchises. Like, okay, most franchises are looking for a certain amount of capital, like you know, a lot of people are familiar with Chick-fil-A, um, McDonald's franchises like that, Cold Stone here and there. A lot of times they'll say, okay, if you want a piece of this, you got to put up 50K and then we're also right. going to take a certain percentage. The way that this part of my company worked, they weren't looking for you to put anything up. They were just making, they wanted to make sure you had a certain amount of operating expenses, like that you could run the business okay. and then they just wanted a percentage. So for me, it was literally my mother, uh, shout out to her. Um, She just went to rent a car um, at the store that I actually now own. 
and she saw a sign about being your own boss um and she asked the lady who was there who was also a black woman shout out to her um and wow. she told my mom hey this is what you got to do and so my mom came home to me like you know you need to look at this and i'm like okay mom whatever like we we know how our mothers are they tell us we need to do this look at this like all right mom whatever yeah. go, on, go on about your business and so yeah. they went on the vacation and they told she came back she asked me hey did you i'm like no i didn't all right let me actually look at it so i looked at it and i looked at the requirements which was like sales ex, ex, sales requirements and marketing requirements um you know no felony um certain um credit score not nothing too high and certain amount of operating expenses i looked at it i was 26 at the time i was like okay i have all of these things but i'm young i'm black <laughs> they're not gonna want me but i said okay let me just type it up and fill out the application i filled it out <clears throat> the next day i got a phone call i had maybe three on the phone interviews and three in-person interviews and that Man. was it the rest was just a six-month training period wow. which anybody could learn and that's one thing i want to let us know yo never feel like you're too small or not smart enough to learn anything all of it is a training experience if i'm talking about the stock market it's a training experience you're gonna learn it and you'll be a beast at it if we're talking about engineering you're gonna train and learn it and you're gonna be good at it if we're talking about the entrepreneur it's just about training can you get the training if right. you can get the training we're smart enough to do whatever we want so that's all i got i got the six month training and now i'm a beast every year my numbers increase i'm the number two uh store in my city and yeah it, that's what it is but it's also about evolution because i i don't plan to stay i'm already looking right. to move on i'll be in my fourth year coming up uh, actually my fourth year was somewhere in february i think it was the second so it probably just happened i don't even celebrate it um, congratulations I don't even man. Celebrate it because i'm looking forward i'm, I'm trying to see what's next yeah right right and so it's all about evolution and, and taking what you can get and then learning from it and i want to say one more thing on that point you never know when you're when you're younger take all the jobs and take all the experiences that you can because you never know how it's going to help you later on i was able to use a lot of people know i was in face j and so i was able to use my marketing and sales experience that i gained in a 10-year span and also my sales experience i i remember um one summer i was in i was living in new york at my grandma's house and everybody used to do the little cut code knives and I was doing Kirby vacuum cleaners. Yeah. I was going door to door in New York City trying to sell $2,000 <laughs> vacuum cleaners. And I was actually pretty yeah. decent at it. But you never know yeah. all those experiences. My first job, 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 my parent, my mom got me when I was 15 or 16. I was working at a hospital. I was at the front desk. So when you come into that hospital, which was a very big, very known well hospital in my city, when you come into there, I was one of the first people you had to see. I had to learn how to deal with people. Okay, so yes, I didn't sir. know that yep. these, all these things helped shape to where when it was time to get that business, yep. or I already had yep. the experience. Yep. Yep. And I want to say shout out to Face J and uh, shout man, out to A yes, Money absolutely. because, man, like that, brothers for man, life. Like that, that experience. That's how we met. <laughs> um, man, yeah, like that experience, like that's what helped me actually be able to go up to people and exactly. small talk or just have a conversation. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, man and shout out to your mom for putting you on the play yeah. for the uh for the a was because it's so important that we see um our own people like you know you think of subway or 7-eleven mm -hmm. it's yes. like oh, 
that that's an Indian that's Indian people. We can't mess with that. Or you think about even like the beauty uh, hair uh, stores. It's like, oh, that's that's Asian people. We can't do that. But we have to be able to like get into these markets, these these businesses, and open it up for you. ourselves. So, got you. yep. Um, shout out to yes, moms for that. Uh, have that made me think? Have you made it out to the African American Museum? No. So when that first popped is literally when I had just moved back home and you remember when it first came out it was so crowded yeah so you could not you couldn't even couldn't. get into so it if yeah. I have it now for yeah. my birthday which was in May I was planning to go but then of course COVID so I haven't been and I cannot wait to go I will be literally spending a full full day in bro it's gonna oh, change it. like it's, it's it's life changing like that that's all I'm gonna say when you get out there I'm gonna hit let you me up. know I'll I'm come out there with you like <laughs> Um, and, and lastly, man, um, I know you talked about medical apartheid, but like what books or information uh, do you suggest for people to read or research to help advance or educate us during this black okay, history? So, yes. Um, so first and foremost, we have to remember also that times are also changing. I'll be completely honest. I've read a ton of books, but yeah. we're in 2020 now. Well, we're in 2021 now. They have things called audiobooks. So a lot of people can't sit yes, still and read. And to be completely honest, a lot of us, especially in the inner city schools, uh, our, our reading habits aren't the best. So a lot of people don't want to literally right. sit and read. And some people aren't that great at reading. They have audiobooks, people. Don't let things deter you. In addition to that, we have this new thing also called YouTube. And yes, YouTube University is a very, 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 very real thing. So to answer the question directly, I'm going to start with Hidden Colors. Like you yes, mentioned, sir. Hidden Colors yep. is life-changing. There's now five of them. Yep. They are absolutely life-changing, and it provides a visual. Because, again, I'm a book mm -hmm. person, and I read. But audio is one thing. But audio and visual together, that brings a very, very strong connection. So first and foremost, I'll say Hidden Colors, um, which are very easy to find. Um, and then secondly, I'll say learn some mentors you know if you hear about Malcolm X or if you hear about Martin Luther King or Marcus Garvey you can now today go on YouTube type their name in and you can literally hear their speeches and while we're here uh shout out to Fred Hampton and shout out to the Judas of the Messiah movie that just came out yeah yeah I'm yes, catching sir. that tomorrow I'll be catching that catch on that uh, Valentine's yeah. Day you, if, if you want to learn yeah. about Fred Hampton, you can you can literally go on YouTube. You can hear Fred Hampton. You can hear Stokely Carmichael. You can hear these people. So learning used to be a very hard thing as far as really getting the knowledge. You used, my mentors used to have to literally go to the library, go to certain libraries, find the books, find the information, read it. And then they didn't even have a YouTube or a Facebook Live that they could go and reach 100,000 people. That's all changed now. We can learn about whoever we want from the comfort of our iPhone. You can actually download the right. books on your iPhone. So uh, I would start with Hidden Colors. Secondly, whoever you admire or whoever you've heard of, just type them in YouTube and, and things will come up. Now, as far as direct books, um, man, the new Jim Crow. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Michelle, I, that is a, a, a great, yep. great read. Um uh, Ivan Van Sertima, they came before Columbus. It teaches the uh, how, not, not only that we were here before Columbus, 
but the great civilizations and all of the things that we did 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 years before there was even a person called before them, yeah, here. right. Um, so, yep. uh, again, Dr. Ivan Van Sertema, um, anything, I, I mean, anything that Dr. Ben, uh, Dr. Yosef Ben Yakinen wrote is, is great. Um, anything by, uh, oh man, it just slipped me. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, Dr. John <laughs> nah, Henry those, Clark, those are oh, hold on, hold on, I'm coming. Dr. John Henry Clark, um, Amos Wilson, um, Dr. Uh, Renoka Rashidi. I mean, all of these people, we have so many, so many great, great scholars, uh, Tony Browder, um, all yes, of these people like the information is now easy for us to find you can just literally after you're done listening to this just go to youtube bro it's there i promise it's there yep. or just go to amazon the books are cheap now they you can get it the next day i know yeah it's crazy man hey this was amazing bro 45. i thank you for coming on today, 45 <laughs> yes sir <laughs> um man I, I love like i said i love what you're doing for the culture um and trust and believe I'm going to be hitting you up for some catering service soon. And uh, we definitely got to set this field yes, trip we up, do. bro. Um, but before you go, uh, tell the people how they can reach you on um, social media. So I'm not the biggest person on social media, believe it or not. But uh, no, nah, I'm really not, Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan, <laughs> honestly. I, I have a hate, love-hate relationship. But uh, yeah, I feel my name is Kwame Brown, K-W-A-M-E. Last name is Brown. So, of course, that's on Facebook. Um, on Twitter and on Instagram, it's King, K-I-N-G, Kwame, underscore 89. Um, and then I have a closing whenever, you, whenever you're ready for it. Yeah, yeah. Go uh, ahead, so man. the main thing is we have to be very intentional about what we're doing because we were intentionally put in the position that we're in today. We didn't get here by accident. There was a grand design that was put on us and that is still moving whether we know it or not. One of my mentors say, you might not know you're at war, but somebody is at war with you. So if somebody's at war with you and you don't know, you up here getting beat up, you getting hit left, right, and you don't even know, so you gotta armor up, you gotta fight back. So be intentional right. about everything that's going on. Reach out to people, use your networks. This is one of the most important things. If you don't know somebody, you might know somebody that knows somebody. You might not, you might know, you might know Matt, and then Matt might know me, and I might be the plug. So don't yep. put all of these excuses and everything that we could use because again, our ancestors have already paid the price. Our ancestors were enslaved for hundreds of years. They already paid the ultimate price for us to reap benefits. So get serious about it. We talk a lot about generational right. wealth. Okay, so what are you gonna do to actually build the generational wealth? And if you don't know how to today, again, use your network, use YouTube University. There's plenty of things out there. We have to be very serious about getting ourselves out of this position because the enemy is very serious about keeping you in this position. So what I always say, everybody can always feel free to hit me up about anything if i have the information and knowledge on something i will give it out for free there are plenty of things that i had to pay for to learn even the whole stock thing i didn't i didn't i wasn't given the stock game free i had to pay for it but i give it away for free because i know how important it is to us so again use your resources 
and figure out what you want to do. Going back to those talents, going back to those gifts, going back to those skills, figure out what it is and figure out how you can use it to monetize it or to give back to the culture. Man, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Kwame Brown. Okay. Appreciate you, man. We're gonna holler off. Yes, sir. Off, Hit off, me off up. Thank though. you, thank you, thank you for everybody for everything that you're doing. Um, thank you to the platform. Um, I'll continue to push it as well. And uh yeah, man, let's get serious about that. what we're doing. Facts. All, All right, right, bro. Brother. I'm gonna get at you. All right, peace.